Boom. We're back. Again. This is going to be a fun one. I think so. I'd like to paint the picture, if I may. Please do. Okay. Uh, I don't want to say almost 20 years ago. But you have to. But almost, <laughs> almost 20 years ago, our guest today used to get in his car, drive from right here in Las Vegas to L.A., to Le Meridian Hotel, where we created this crazy little Friday night thing called the A-List, because we weren't. <laughs> <laughs> we were hoping for A-Listers. Yeah. And, and our guest would come in with our, with our good old buddy, Creole Walker, who we mm -hmm. have not seen or talked to in years that we need to rekindle with at some point. Uh, and the man I speak of is Mr. Todd Wars. Thank you for having me. What's up? It's exciting to be here. Fun, right? Yeah. It's so crazy. Like I even forgot before we started rolling, you were, I was trying to think of how you met Creole, um, and you were like, oh, no, Whiskey Sky. And I was like, yeah. oh, my God, Whiskey Sky. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. At Green, was it Green Valley Ranch mm -hmm. Casino? It's Randy oh, Gerber. Really? Yes. Uh, don't you remember? Midnight we, Oil Company. Yeah, Randy Gerber owned it. You know, Cindy Crawford's husband. Are they still together? I don't even know. Are they still? Yeah, they are. A couple? Yep. All right. Yeah. You know, who, who owned Sky Bar originally. Right. Right. Um, and so then he opened Whiskey Sky. Out here, don't you remember? It was like a big deal because we were like, Jesus, why are we going from the Strip to way out in Henderson? Now you live here. It's like, it's not that big of a deal. Right. But for some reason, back then, in a cab, well, it was never, like $50 each way. You'd never leave the Strip no, right, 20 like, years ago. No. Like, for what? For what? <laughs> yeah. So crazy. Yeah, it was a big deal back then. I mean, I, I remember having to turn people away at closing time because we didn't just stay open for everybody all night long. Right. And there would be 200 people in line. Yeah. That was a spot. Like yeah. that had a, I don't know how long that had its run, but that had a good run. Yeah, it did. And then after that, you were at. Uh, I went to Baby's Nightclub. Oh my God, I forgot about that. <laughs> Baby's, I remember Baby's. Baby's, get your, your uh, tilt that up or something. Um, yeah, Baby's, which was before Body English. Yeah. Baby's was the original club at Hard Rock. Yep. So were you there from day one at Baby's? No, or? no. No, I got there the, the final year. Okay. Of babies. Um, it was uh, Chad Palace and I. Chad Palace. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. This is like <laughs> Vegas memory lane. Yeah, really. Big time. Yeah. It's not the same Vegas. I the agree. nightlife compared to then. You know what's hilarious is my uh, 15 and a half year old daughter had this conversation with me yesterday. She goes, it seemed like when you and mom were in nightlife, it was so much more fun. I'm like, it actually was yeah. so much yeah. more fun. Why? Um, I, I, it wasn't so corporatized. Yep. And the clubs were smaller, so it was a lot more exclusivity. Yep. And, and that just breeds more fun. Yeah. And I feel like it was about the night. Like, now it's, you know, Calvin Harris. I mean, that's, and that's great, too, and everything. And Zed or whatever it is. Um, but back then, unless I don't remember, which is definitely possible, <laughs> um, uh, it wasn't like celebrity-driven the night. It wasn't at all. I mean, celebrities would come because it was a cool nightclub in Vegas. Right. They weren't paid to be there. Right. Um, you know, DJ AM was the first celebrity DJ, if you want to call him that. I mean, he got a million-dollar contract when uh, he started with Body English. But prior to that, when he would come and spin at Babies, I mean, we'd cut him a check for 800 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's funny you say that. We, we, we actually beat that. We cut him a check for 500 bucks in L.A. Yeah. Uh, he spun the Ronald McDonald House party uh oh, wow. that we did at bliss yes dj am can you imagine right. for five hundred dollars unbelievable right <laughs> those were the days yep. I, does it make us old that we're like those were the days it for sure does it, it does <laughs> <laughs> oh my god craziness yeah right yeah so uh when did you but you've been at then you were at tau so tau is mm -hmm. after babies correct you i feel like you're tau for, oh after <clears throat> but right you were at tau for a minute though I was. I, so was uh, I helped open Lavo and Tao Beach. Yep. Um, I was their director of customer development for all three properties, including Tao. And then when did you get out of nightlife? Um, well, you know, Where I, are you? I, I am now. Okay. I, I am now. Um, after Tao. Yeah. I, now I you definitely are, I think, but we'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I left Tao, started my own, if you want to call it, independent hosting business prior to that being like a really popular thing. Um, then Steve Davidovici brought me back into nightlife to open Chateau and Gallery. Then I left Chateau and Gallery, and I went with the one group to open Bagatelle at the Tropicana. Um, foundation Room was in there somewhere. 
Um, I remember that too. Jeez. I can tell. Yeah. I remember that too. Yeah. It's yeah. not until you start telling, running down all the places you've worked, I realize how many places you've let me into. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. That's funny. Right? Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. So do you, do you miss any of it? I, you know, I, I loved the time that I spent in nightlife. I mean, it was a dream job when I got here. I was 24 years old and I mean, Come on, and running the door of like some of the hottest nightclubs, right. not, not only in the city but in the world. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I had a great run. Uh, it's great to see some of the people that I was kind of in the trenches with back then, still seeing a lot of success. Um, you know, the guys that are that are opening all the new venues at Virgin this weekend. Yep. You know, kudos to them. Uh, Tau Group for just being a consistent monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and they just bought Hakkasan, right? Hakkasan yeah. Group, like you wouldn't even think that was possible. Yeah. But Tau bought Hakkasan. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, like a couple couple weeks ago or something, yeah. right? Yeah. They announced yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's just wild. Yeah, wild. And so, what are you? What have you been up to now? Then you opened up a. You had your own little bar at one point. The the Mint I did. was I it had the Mint. The Mint was a small little gaming bar on Sahara in Las Vegas Boulevard with Jonathan Fine. Um, that was a fun little adventure, a uh, quick one, because uh, Sean Christie came to me and, and asked me to come join his team at MGM, which is what I did up until the pandemic happened. And that's the last time I saw you. I randomly ran into you uh, on the record at Park MGM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and then Sean Christie bailed on you. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> What's up with that, Sean? <laughs> no, it's okay. It, it was a weird time for everybody because not only did he bail, but like a week and a half later, the pandemic shut everything right. down. Like he the, knew the, somehow. Did he know? He didn't know. Yeah. Ended. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and he went and started the uh, Carver Road. I still don't really know what he's do what what he's doing. The same thing. I mean, it's okay. a hospitality company, yeah. and he's going to work with other uh, owners and, and venues and bring concepts of his own to to the city and probably beyond. I was kind of surprised that he would even leave. Like he had worked as—I mean, remember when he was like a promoter at like for well, Light no Group? Doubt. Or yeah. like he, he was one of my first roommates. Really? <laughs> yeah. He and Corey McCormick and Larry Murphy—we all lived together off of uh, Buffalo and Trop. It just seems crazy. Like Sean worked, put in all those years, like working his way up. I could figure at some point he'll be CEO of a casino for sure. Um, well, yeah, he was actually offered a position to be like vice president of Win in Boston, where he's originally from, and he turned it down. I mean, damn. Yeah. Wow. And then, uh, okay, so that's our history. Mm -hmm. So I'm on Instagram. I think I showed this to you a couple, maybe a month ago now. I'm on Instagram about a month ago on Instagram story. And you know, I follow you. We're friends. We keep up with you, you know. Sure. And you post this crazy screenshot of your Coinbase <laughs> wallet. Yeah. And it says, if I get the numbers wrong, please step in. Sure. Uh, and I think it said, the first one was uh, a screenshot. It said, um, wow, I guess my crypto wallet's doing pretty well or something. And it said $127 million. You're, you're off. You're off. Am I? It was more like 500. No, no, no. Wait, no, no, no. No, wait. No, 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 no. First it said 127. Oh, you're right. You're right. Then the very next post, just minutes later, it said, thanks. I don't know who you thanked, but you're like, thanks so-and-so for the $420 million tip. And then now it said 550. But by the way, I have the screenshot. Oh, um, I still have it. Yeah. Um, I, I've lost a hundred million. Dude, this is so sick. Can you, can you zoom in on that? Look at this guy. $439 million. Todd Wurz, <laughs> tell me how the fuck this happened. It, it, it's a uh, probably not as exciting as you want it to be, but um, apparently <laughs> some of these shit coins that I was trading, um, Coinbase has attached the value to another coin that's worth considerably more <laughs> money. And I haven't figured out, I mean, the... The liquidity won't let me sell any like large amount of it, so I'm still kind of playing it by ear and hoping things you know oh, go so in my you, favor. So if you wanted to just take all the money and run right now, you can't. I could not. Could you? Can you take ten percent of it? I I have tried. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. So and there's just so you just have to ride this out. Pretty much. Come on. Pretty much. I I think realistically, what had happened was um, if you're if you're not familiar with with crypto some of these shit coins that you trade you can get rug pulled and basically that means whoever started the coin pulls all the liquidity out of the coin and leaves everybody with a valueless coin got it so essentially 
I believe that that is what happened to us, but we had a considerable amount in those coins, uh, my friend and I. And um, what's, what's odd about it is since he pulled the rug on the value of the coin, he keeps trading significant amounts of coins back and forth with different hashtags. So we've talked to a bunch of professionals and they said, listen, you know, this happens every once in a while, they'll rug pull, but then they'll try it again. And if they try it again, then he reliquifies that coin and I could actually cash out for whatever the value of the coin is at that time. Oh my God. So is this, is this stressful? Not really. <laughs> Not really. I mean, it's, it's kind of a game. I like checking it every couple of days and, you know, making jokes like, oh, I lost a hundred million. But yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so is it like a Ponzi scheme? Like people put in, put it in and values up and then he can go, but I'm out yep. and I take all the revenue from. Essentially. Uh, and and wow. it really only happens with shit coins. Um, shit coins. Yeah. Shit coins are like valueless. They're, <laughs> they're technically valueless coins, but it is like a, a Shiba Inu coin. Yep. Stuff that Elon Musk has talked about, not Dogecoin, but, but some like lower end coins. And the volume of these coins have been insane. I mean, I, my, my friend Craig, who tipped me the extra, you know, 300, 400 million um, of this particular coin, he got into Shiba Inu for twelve hundred bucks in the beginning of April, and then mid May the value of that was two hundred thirty four thousand dollars. And it was—I wow. mean, the volume is crazy. And he could have cashed that out if he wanted to. He could have. He he didn't at that point, but he still cashed out a significant amount of money. Okay. Wow. wow. And so, like, did you at one point try, like, let me cash all this out? And it we tried, we tried everything. We, we tried swapping it for other coins. We, you know, anything that we could do. We, we offered somebody 35% of the value, the total value, if they could, you know, make it liquid and, right? and give us the, the money. And nobody would, no takers? Yep. So you literally just have to ride this out. Yeah. So you're potentially worth four hundred and something million dollars. Got a lot of potential. That's the story of my life. (laughs) 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 And is there a realistic expectation of what you could get out of it? Like, could you get? Certainly, you'll end up four million, right? You know, who knows? Who knows? We don't know. Yeah. Oh my God. So, do you check it every single day? No, not anymore. I did in the beginning, but not anymore. Um, We have we've learned a lot about crypto through the experience, so we have alerts that are set. You know, if he ever transfers money or if it becomes liquid again, you know, we get all these alerts like right away. So you know it's time to move. Yeah. And when it when you first opened up your like so when it was at hundred and twenty seven million. Yeah. Um, what was it like prior to that? Where was it? Like was it in the um, I think that we were probably I want to say we were probably, I was probably up like twenty grand on the on the coin. Okay. Uh, my friend obviously had significant more right and so then one day did someone just text you and go like dude check your wallet is that how no i opened it up myself you just randomly opened it and it said 127 yeah i was like (laughs) right and like you must get a rush of like holy shit unbelievable right this be happening and then suicidal just moments later (laughs) no don't do anything todd well the, the crazy thing was is that it's only coinbase that reflected that amount in his wallet it didn't even reflect zero because it was a valueless coin at that point. Got it. And so he's like, well, I'll just send you all of mine and we'll see what happens. And so he did. And I'm like, sure as shit. I've got half a billion dollars. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's great. Travis, at any point, if you have anything to add or question, I know you love your crypto. Uh, uh, hey, you know, when, when that becomes liquid, you know, I got student loans. <laughs> I got a couple of things I got to pay off. Just let you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll have no problem sharing the line. Right? (laughs) Oh, my God. It's just so wild. It's a crazy, crazy game. It's wild times. Yeah. So now, so can you can't even trade, like, if you wanted to buy a different coin with some of that money, you Mm -hmm. can't, very little, like, almost nothing. Not not even worth it. Wow. So are you still putting your own money into other coins? For sure. You are? Yeah. So this didn't sour you. Like, you're not sour on it. No. I mean, anybody will tell you when you get into the crypto game, you have to be willing to lose 100% of whatever you're investing in. And luckily, I got in at a point where the market was still on a super upward trend. So even despite the last few weeks where it's really tanked, I haven't lost any money. I'm still positive on on the investments that I've made. So I'm still pro crypto. I know that it's going to come back. I mean, there's too much 
invested globally for mm-hmm. it to just crash and disappear. I wonder, do like do banks like if you wanted to go now and get like a twenty million dollar house, could you get approved <laughs> off of your Coinbase? That's actually a really good question. Off I don't know, right? Like, it's, it's got to get somebody excited, right. like uh, the decision makers over there. Maybe the bank? a bank in Milwaukee, somewhere? <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> call Bank of Milwaukee, El Salvador. Yeah. I could, I could be big in El Salvador. <laughs> yes, El Salvador Savings and Trust. Yeah. Um, see if, uh, yeah, we had a, a guy. Um, his name's Xander Neff. We had uh, him on. Uh, he's got kind of a crazy story. Like he was a, he was in the mil- he was paralyzed. They said he'd never walk again. Then he was he walked after that. Uh, then he was in the military. Uh, came out of the military, fell on hard times. Um, ended up becoming a male stripper. Uh, um, crushed it, made a bunch of money, put it all in like Bitcoin, whatever. You know, became a millionaire. Same thing. And like he was on the show, he was worth like fi- his crypto thing. He was like worth five million bucks. And then he came in like two weeks later, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like seven hundred eighty grand." Like, took a couple hits, and then yeah. now he's like back up to two point four or something. It's such a roller coaster. But he can actually cash out. He bought like the Card- Cardano. Card- is that what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and uh, Meta HC. What? Yeah. Travel right. MHC. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly right. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, like just seeing how he rides the roller coaster, I'm always like, "Dude, just cash it all out." Like. I mean, you want to do that, but it's exciting. It reminds me of like the early '90s when tech stocks were just yeah volatile as, as could be. And yeah. I was a young man at the time. I think I invested in a stock called Verisign, and I made like 25 grand. I was uh-huh. like 17 years old, and I told my dad, "I'm going to buy Harley Davidson." He's like, "No, you're not." <laughs> it's like you're going to use that money and make money with it. So, <laughs> Is that what you did? That's what I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Wow, um, man, that's just so crazy. And so, were you always into stock? Then and stuff. Sure. Prior, yeah. Yeah, uh, I like having my money work for for me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is there any stocks that you wish you would have gotten into and you didn't, or that you sold prematurely? Like, did you get an Amazon early or anything, or do you no. have any war stories? Not not as far as stocks. There are some coins that I passed on and and really could have made a significant amount of money and and I didn't because I was just so new to the the industry. Right. But, you know, it's, it, it's I, the name of the game. I missed the whole Bitcoin um, thing I, multiple times. A lot of people say that. And, and I even myself, I remember there was a Bitcoin vending machine in the off-the-strip restaurant in Link. And at the time, I think Bitcoin was like 650 bucks a, a Bitcoin. Oh. And I'm like, who would put $650 in this for a Bitcoin? Like, what is right. a Bitcoin anyway? Right. You know? And then That's you look crazy. at last year's volatility and you're like, oh, yeah. my God. Man, back in like uh, 2011, a um, buddy of mine that I was working with comes into the office. I was sitting in a conference room all by myself, Andrew Malton. You know? Yeah, it makes me angry, this yeah, story. I know, I know. And um, he comes in, and he's like, what do you know about cryptocurrency? And I was like, man, I don't know. It's like something like for drug dealers. To, it's, like, <laughs> but you, it's currency they use, like the, the underworld or something, a black market. I, I don't know. Road. And he's like, seems like it could be something, like Bitcoin. Seems like it could be something. And he's like a tech, he had a big tech background. I was like, well, you're the tech guy. You tell me. Like, you know, he was already like a multimillionaire. Uh, you know, my running joke was like, dude, teach me how to be your neighbor, would you? Right. I want to become your neighbor. How do right. we do it? Um, and he was like, should we just take each take like $1,000 and throw it into Bitcoin? And I said, I remember sitting there, I go like, if you're in, I'm in. I'm, if you do it, I, just take it out of my check. I'm in. I'm in. And we didn't do it. And uh, that was like 2011. Oh. Like, it was like less than a penny. Yeah. Yep. Sick to my stomach. Yeah. Sick to this day, and then I felt like at five grand I missed the boat. It was too late, and then yeah, here we are. I don't know where it's at right now. I know it's been up it's, and down lately. Yeah, it's in the thirties somewhere. Time to buy. Um, I'm confident in it. I, I really am. Yeah, yeah. I I am more confident in the future of Ethereum, um, Polygon. Those those particular ones are big winners in my portfolio. And do you do a lot of research on them? I do as much like, as, as you can in the short amount of time, given the volatility of the market. You know, right. Sometimes you just got to go with a gut feeling. Right. <laughs> so if you had 10 grand right now to invest, you'd buy stocks or you'd be all crypto or you'd... I'd be all crypto. I, I, would. I, I really think that it is the future. Wow. That's saying something. Yeah. Says the $420 million <laughs> man. That would drive me nuts. That you can't do anything with it yet. No, but... You know, and it could just go to someday. nothing. It could go to zero. But it could go to a billion. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Uh, <laughs> we, we could be on this uh, show 
10 years from now. Right. Like, and remember when I only yeah. had $450 million? <laughs> right, right. Yeah. I'm at $16 trillion right. now. I just bought Alaska. Right. <laughs> the airlines? No, the state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the name. Yeah. Anything Alaska Love I it. own. I want to own Alaska. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Todd, you you born and raised in Vegas? I, I forgot no. that you... You commuted. To yeah. Our, I forgot they about that. drove in. So how long have you been living in Vegas? Almost 21 years. Originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. And you're a fan now, the Golden Knights. I couldn't be a bigger fan. I mean, I, growing up in Cincinnati, we had the Cincinnati Cyclones, which was like the Wranglers, you know, here in town right. for a long time and very unexciting. But uh, the first Knights game that I went to in the first season, we won seven to nothing in that stadium. When everybody's on fire, it is the most exciting sporting event that I've ever been to. I heard that. You I know? haven't been yet. Wait a minute. Have you been to a UFC fight? I've been. To, I've been front row to UFC fights. I've been Mayweather fights. You know, the 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 action and the speed of hockey when we're winning. Okay. And, and being in that stadium, yeah, is just it's I electric. Mean, it's, yeah. It is electric. Yeah. 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 And then football. You know, Cincinnati. I'm a Bengals fan. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I my know. condolences. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's been a tough life. If you ever need to talk, we're here for you. <laughs> and then uh, the Reds are your ba- baseball, or is that watching paint dry? It's, it's a little bit like watching paint dry. Fuck um, both of you. Whatever. You know, I, I am I am a Reds fan. I'm happier to see the prospect of of the A's coming here. Yeah. Um, you know, again, in the early 90s, my best friend and I, huge Mark McGuire, Jose Canseco sure. fans. And sure. We would go down to the hotels and stand out in the lobby and wait for the buses to come in from the airport with all the players. All of our cards lined up and just get autographs after autographs. Yeah. So when the, the Reds and the A's played in the World Series, we're doing that. We're getting all the autographs that we always wish we could get, Mark McGuire and everything. And the local news interviewed us for a little segment for the newspaper. Well, when the Reds swept Oakland, I got calls from several media agents. They're like, how do you feel about your A's now? And I'm like, I'm 14 years old. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Nice. Right, so you'll do a little baseball. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. You think the A's will come here? I think they will. I mean, it's it's been a, a rumbling rumor for too long now for yeah. it not to have you know some legs behind it. And they got to get out of where they are. I mean, that Coliseum is such a shithole. It's terrible yeah. out there. Did you ever go to a game and see Coco out there no. in Oakland? It's no. so bad that stadium. Did you ever have you ever been to a Raider game out there? Yeah. Oh, you have. So you know that yeah. stadium is awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's. The neighborhood is... is <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. no good. You do not want to be catching an Uber in that... Uh, <laughs> coming out of that stadium yeah. on a Friday night. That's no. no good. But that would be cool. But, like, that means more traffic here. Man, I just told Vanessa, like, a few days ago, I was like, you know, it's cha- Like, it's it's getting bad, yeah. the traffic. Worse than prior to the pandemic, I think. Yeah. Yeah, like now it's at a point where I actually think like, which way am I going to go? You know, like which route am I taking to go from Aria to wherever, like where you didn't used to. You just jump on the, there's nothing, there's nothing. It's, we got traffic here now. Yeah. Not L.A., no, but it's getting close. Yeah, it's going to get you know, to L.A. You point. know the particular parts in the 15 that are going to be backed up all the time. Yeah. You know, Sahara on and off ramp. And um, as you come up to uh, Tropicana, if you're heading south on the 15, like always backed up. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Still the best city, though. Yeah. I'm so glad I moved here. Like, what was I thinking? How did it take four years or more than that? I mean, she got here four years ago, but. Yeah, you should have moved here. Ten years ago, yeah. easily. Yeah. Do you remember me saying to you once in the Wilshire office, I was like, right around when we were launching Bombshell, I was like, dude, we should just move to Vegas. I do remember that. Dude, we should move to Vegas. We would own Vegas with Todd Wurz. <laughs> you know? Yep. We didn't. So that was like 2006? Six or seven, yeah. Yeah. Man. It's Magic. an exciting city. You know, it's it's always kind of reinventing itself. It's always growing. Yeah. Now that we've got professional sports teams, we're we're more of a real metro- metropolis rather than like a, you know, gaming destination. Yeah. Right. So. Do you gamble at all? I don't anymore. No. Oh, you did. I did. I did when I was in sports life. betting or, or uh, gambling never. on those coins. Yeah. yeah. Shit. What are you talking about? Time. True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like blackjack used to play and stuff yeah. like that. Blackjack, high limit slots. I don't know. I, I had this weird. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, Whoa. I had this weird technique. 
Wait, you had a slot technique? Tell yes. me. Yep. Do tell. $100, go in, play the $50 uh, a spin slot You're just machine. trying to get some cherries. Right. Two spins, win or lose. And most of the time, I would win. And, and when you're playing you know, those denominations, if you win, you usually win a significant amount of money. Right. Yeah. It's not a bad. I like the strategy. Yeah. And so what made you stop? You realized the strategy doesn't work. <laughs> Just kind of throwing money away. <laughs> right, right. And no poker? No. Never? No, we, we used to have a home game. When we were running botting, we had a home game at uh, our friend Sean Chester's house with Antonio Esfandiari and a couple other like oh really God. Like, awesome yeah. guys to play with. Yeah. And are they? I don't know. Like, yeah, they, Anthony uh, Antonio just gets to win. Very, yeah. he was very nice on all of us. We'll okay, okay. <laughs> but it was just fun. You learn a lot, you know, throughout yeah. the, the the process. But yeah. uh, so you avoided uh, the possible uh, problem of living in Vegas for sure. That's good. Yeah. Right. Speaking of home game, we should do a home. It's like this could be a home we game should. table. It's a perfect it could. table for it. Or we could swap this table out for an actual poker table and put some sort of. Travis could cut to f- suit. A little top. Oh, yeah. You oh, could. Yeah. You I play poker? It. Me? Absolutely not. No? Never? Not with the paychecks I give myself. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, you know, when Todd's, you know, cashes out on the $400 million. He's yeah. right. <laughs> when, when daddy gives me the money. Yeah. yeah. He'll throw you some shekels. <laughs> so, make us all whole. So John's planning to win the World Series. Todd, I can win this, this thing. I can win the World Series. I'm excited I can do about it. that. Yeah. I can win this. If yeah. he doesn't go out in the first 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I had a little mishap, uh, <laughs> not last year, obviously, but the year before that, I had a little main event mishap, Yeah, 20 minutes. Yeah, It happens sometimes. Sure. <laughs> hey, at least you were there. Sometimes you're a little excited and you, you, know, you just blow it too quick. Overplay? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, sometimes you just, eh, I don't know. This is the year. This is my year. I can do it. Now they're pushing it back? Starts to... end of September, and I think the main event's like in November. That's so year. weird. Yeah. Everything's all screwed up. Yeah, it's all screwed up. Is the Olympics going to happen? Like, I don't know. Was that this year? Oh, it's supposed to be last year. Yeah. Yeah, what are they doing? Do you it's know? It's supposed to happen, but like, it's supposed to be in Japan or somewhere. Yeah. Travis, where's the Olympics this year? Japan. Yeah. Okay. okay. Japan. Are you glad we're back to normal? Of course you're good. I mean, yeah, for sure. We're, we're not going back. We're good now, right? We're good. We're good. No this, more of this nonsense. Especially when the Knights bring home the Stanley Cup this year and... and Really, like, bring the city back together. Can they win it all? I think they can. Yeah, I think I think anybody would tell you that uh, you know us in the Avalanche are the two toughest teams in the league. So, whoever wins, hopefully, us tonight, you know, we're going to dominate the the rest of the series. They were so close that first year. Yeah. Good God. But it's Game Six tonight. No. Game Six tonight. It is okay. Yeah. And what's we're what's the? Uh, if we if we win tonight, we win. Okay. Yeah, we we close move forward. Game. Yep. Okay. And then we we go to the finals. Yep. Win tonight, we go to the finals. Yep. How do I not wow. have any money on this? <laughs> what am I doing? Slipping. I'm slipping. Yes. What am I doing? Yes. I'm too focused on my fucking Dodgers. Blowing it. Although they won like three in a row. They won today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a baseball guy. Yeah. I can't help it. Yeah, you, you always have been. Yeah. John's building closets and stuff in his new home. Yeah, we're building custom closets. Before I came over South here. South Summerlin. Yeah, <laughs> I was at Inspired Closets right around the corner. Literally, like, they're right on the other side of this building yeah. uh, with Vanessa. We were looking at custom closets. We're doing a big custom closet. I heard there was like digital views. Yeah, she had a whole 3D thing. Like, who knew the closet could be so cool? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I can't wait. You're the type of guy, you build it all yourself, don't you? I do. I know you do. I I can tell. I know you do. I'm in the middle of rebuilding my 1965 Pontiac GTO right now. And I know you do that, too. I know you're a car guy. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I've had some fun ones. Um, I, I rebuilt a 1924 Buick truck. That uh, when I got it, it was all original. I took it down to the frame, modernized everything, put a LS1 motor in it, and disc brakes all around. And it was just an absolute blast to have. And recently, like uh, within the last month, somebody made me an offer that I just couldn't refuse. So I sold it. And it was it was the most bittersweet thing that I've done really? in a long time. That's the trend now, right? They're taking those older cars and like kind of modernizing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they sell for like crazy money, yeah. right? Like we have a buddy, Drew Donan, you know, from Bang the Gavel. He's got some of those like old Broncos mm-hmm. that he sells like for $250,000. Sure. Yep. Everybody wants something cool and reliable. Um, you know, there's still plenty of purists out there. What I'm doing to my GTO is is retro mod. So it, it's, it used to be all original and now it's not. But it has much, much more horsepower and for... Anybody that would want that car, if I ever sell it, 
you know, they don't care about it being all original anymore. They're not like, you know, my dad's right. age people where they're like, it's got to be from the factory. Right. They want something cool that's gonna, that they can drive coast to coast with. Right. right. And it's got like updated suspension and brakes and that kind of stuff. Is yep. that is that the deal? Yep. And then what about the interior? You leave that as I it was? That, or? I leave it as pretty much original as it is because it's a really cool, it's a really well-designed car. Um, the only thing that I'm adding to it this time around is, is air conditioning outside of the new motor transmission rear end, like that kind of stuff. That mechanically, you wouldn't see, but just makes it a much more powerful vehicle. How do you know how to do all that stuff? <laughs> Trial and error. Come For on. A long time, yeah. Really? Yeah. The first motorcycle I ever bought when I was 15 years old didn't run, and I promised my dad I would take it apart in our basement, rebuild it, and sell it for double what I bought it for, and I did. And I ended up doing that for several motorcycles over the years until I got into Harley Davidson's. And then I had my daughter, and I realized that was kind of more of a selfish hobby. So I transitioned to collector cars. And, so and how old is your daughter now? 15 and a half. She gets her license in September. Uh oh. Wow. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Is that scary? Um, not. I'm not afraid of like her. I'm afraid of everybody else on the road. I mean, she is right. literally the perfect kid. She's always gotten great grades. She's got a perfect demeanor and just the sweetest person ever so um you know it's the other people on the road yep. that i worry about because in vegas i'm sure anybody would agree like we have some not good drivers man and you know <laughs> yeah. the one thing here is there's no fender benders here it's just complete carnage because the speed limits are so high on the city streets you know like in la this to be those 35 on like sunset or one of those streets here it's 45 which means they're going 65 or 70 myself yeah. included for sure um yeah, so it's like when there's an accident, it's just like a smash up. Yeah. No like, fender benders. I've never seen more rollover accidents in a city that's pretty much flat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah. So true. The other day, um, oh, when we were moving, I was like going back and forth from Henderson to like Summerlin, like south. And uh, I was on the 15. So I, w I must have gone back and forth like four or five times. Different sets of accidents every single time, and just like you said, twice cars upside down. It's yeah. the craziest thing. Like, yep. What is going on? It's probably the goddamn cell phones. Probably yeah, more than anything. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. And then a lot of people going the wrong way on the freeway out here, like mm -hmm. I've never seen before. What is that? <laughs> like, really? Yeah, yeah. you don't get that. <laughs> no. Oh, I see it on. I get sometimes I get an alert on the on my phone. Yeah, like I've I seen get it those random like wrong way driver, Interstate 15, whatever. <laughs> You don't no, get that? No, no. No? Maybe your phone still thinks that. you're in Utah or something. Yeah, or, I don't know. I don't know. There's, a, there's a lot of different groups of people that are on the road. You know, there's the, the people that just moved to Vegas and trying to figure out where they are in the world, it's you know. kind of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, you have, then you have the veterans that drive on the 215 at like 120 miles an hour because they just have done it a million times. Yeah. <laughs> Geo moved here like, a, has it been a year? It's almost two years. Jesus. Two years in August. Okay, so oh yeah, almost two years ago, Gio moved here. He did a stint in uh, Utah for seven years. Seven years? How long were you yeah, in Utah? Seven to seven years. He was the only black guy in Utah. <laughs> yeah. Other than the jazz players. <laughs> <right? Yeah. laughs> oh my God. No. Did you you lived anywhere else other than here? No, here in here in Cincinnati, that's it. Would you ever leave here? Do you want to leave here? Um you know, I, I when you cash out the four hundred million, Ugh, walk ideally, me through the first. What are the first three major purchases? You've got four hundred million dollars in your account tomorrow, or whatever two hundred and fifty you take. Two hundred fifty million in Todd's account tomorrow. First three big purchases are what? Go. Make sure that my daughter is set with her college education. She wants to be a cardiothoracic surgeon. So Love it. Wow. Be cheap. Okay. <laughs> Overachiever. Party of one. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Very good. Um, from there, man, I, I would guess I would have to get not necessarily a bigger house, but a bigger garage. So I might just add on to the, the property that I have because more there's cars, a, there's a lot of cars that I would like <laughs> to have. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, number three, God, a vacation home. I like living in Las Vegas. It's, yeah. It's, it's been good to me. Yeah. Um, but I do like to travel and, and I'd like to have a little escape. You know, ranch of um, some sort. Okay. Where like Montana or something like yeah, that, or somewhere yeah. where I've got two hundred acres. You can't see your neighbor, and right. you know, I can just be free. Okay. <laughs> okay. And then, of course, somewhere on that list, there's a charitable donation to the Action Junkies Foundation, Certainly. which doesn't exist <laughs> yet, but it's going to be started I, by I you. That was a You're our first donor. <laughs> That's funny. Oh my God. So you said earlier you were into Harley's mm -hmm. for a while. 
Got rid of all your bikes? Yep. Good man. Yeah. If it's you survive dangerous. riding bikes yeah. for multiple years, you should consider yourself blessed yeah. and move on. How I, long did you I have a bike? I had a bike in L.A. during the time when they didn't have helmet laws. Mm. And so it, it was my only form of transportation for about three years, and I didn't lay it down once. When my bike died, I was... Caught on fire, right? No, no, no. Oh, that was the Jeep. That was the Jeep. Sorry. <laughs> okay. I was in my girlfriend's car, Liza. Yep. And my bike was parked in front of her car. And someone came into the parking lane, rear-ended me, and I went into my motorcycle and totaled both her car and my motorcycle. Oh, my gosh. And I was like... Done. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Done. Yep. Yeah. It's, Have you had any close calls on the bike? I had two close calls, both in Cincinnati. Um, one was, they, ironically, they say you're most likely to get in an accident within like, what, five miles of your home or something like that. Well, this happened to be like 200 yards from my driveway. <laughs> so, wow, so, old, older woman, I came up over the hill. We made eye contact. She pulled out anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I slid the bike literally like... As I came upright, like right next to her window and gave her a mouthful, <laughs> I'm like, you saw me. Like, I know you saw me. Right. Uh. And then the second time I was with a girlfriend, we had been riding. Um, it was a lot of fun for me living in the, the tri-state to ride into like Indiana and Kentucky, get completely lost and find your way back. Beautiful countryside out there. So we'd been riding all day and we were coming back. She lived in like downtown Cincinnati and... As we're coming around this viaduct, a fire truck blew the red light going up uphill right in front of me. A fire truck? <laughs> yeah. So I locked it up, you know, stopped the bike just, just in time, and she was like, wow, that seemed like it was really close. And I'm like, my heart <laughs> No, I, I got it, babe. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, we're good. We're good. <laughs> wow. I feel like that was a lawsuit city, yeah, no? Well, it could have been, yeah, for sure. Or worse. I definitely had the right of way. Right. <laughs> Yeah, or worse. Yeah, I forgot about that part. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to be crazy to ride a bike now, though. Don't you think? Too many texting and driving. I mean, it's. I, I I agree with you. It just depends on the area. I mean, Las Vegas is pretty tightly knit as far as is the roads that you can take. I mean, you can only go so many places. You go to Red Rock, you go to Valley Fire, you go to the Dam. You know, right. And a lot of that A to B is is congested traffic. You know, yeah. If, if you if you live in other parts of the nation, you know, when I lived in Cincinnati, there was plenty of roads that you could take and never see a car. You know, and then yeah. it was beautiful. Wow. Um, I don't want to get into too much fitness stuff because you probably you probably do want to have him on Fitness Junkies to talk about his transformation. But real quick, I mean, when before we started, I was like, dude, look at you, and you're like, it's just eating the same thing every single day. <laughs> I do. I do. I tell you, a lot of people uh, comment on it, and you know, I, I had kind of a evolution this past year, and I've I've had plenty of times where I was in shape, and just probably not as good as I am now. But um, I started out the pandemic like everybody else did, bottle of wine with dinner, maybe two. And I was at home, you know, you're not out socializing. And one day I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is stupid. Like, I can use all of this newfound time that I have because I wasn't working. You know, MGM had laid everybody off. And I was like, I'm just really going to dial in a healthy diet, go to the gym every day, you know, or work out at home when, we, when the gyms were closed. And I just stuck to it. And now I've done it so consistently for so long, I can't go back, you know, to, to doing anything that I was doing before. Um, I've... I've devised a, a meal plan for myself that I eat every single day. It's the same thing, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Same Next thing for breakfast, same thing for lunch, same thing for dinner, meaning all the same meal? Every or day. Every, like, John. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> That's do you what mean do. Like, Right, but do you mean like <laughs> breakfast is like eggs with blah, 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 lunch is turkey with blah, 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 or do you mean it's the same food Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So breakfast is eggs and vegetables, as many vegetables as I can put in there. Um, lunch is comical to a lot of people, but it's a handful of almonds and two mozzarella cheese sticks. And then dinner, I make my own sushi bowl. So it's a uh, baked salmon filet. I pan fry some scallops and shrimp, marinated beets all on a bed of lettuce with um, a little bit of like uh, no sugar dressing on there. And, and I eat that every single day. Clearly working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just easier. And then probably it's all delicious. It's all delicious. Right? I never get tired of it. People ask all the time. They're like, what? don't you get sick of that? I'm like, I don't. And no, there's no, I no snack somewhere in the it, uh, Aside the from like three? a protein bar, 
you know, nothing, nothing unhealthy. You know, no carbs, no nothing like that. Um, if you don't eat the carbs, you don't crave the carbs, and you don't need the snacks. You don't get hungry. Exactly. It's, <laughs> it's the truth. <laughs> and not only that, I don't do any cardio in the gym. My diet takes care of all of that stuff. So all I'm doing is, is weightlifting and sculpting. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've never been as lean as I am ever before in life. And you know, I was in really great shape when I was in my early 20s. Wow, good for you. You did the same thing when you you moved here before you moved to Utah. You you did a year or so here. Yeah, there was no pandemic, but you weren't working yet. You had just quit or but whatever. But I was a fat bastard, right? But you dropped a hundred pounds or <laughs> right, something. Right, but right. same kind of thing, like the pandemic. Like you were, you you took advantage of the idle the time, I guess. Right? Yeah, yeah. It's you know you got to pivot. You either got to pivot or you fall farther into that you know bad place you right. know and that's kind of what you got to do but like that's what you do it's it's hard to do but it's not hard to do right because you really the way you prepare those meals you really enjoy them it's like good yeah. it's like and then you don't have to think about it and like i'm probably sure do you occasionally when you go out with your wife or a girlfriend like you have a meal outdoor sure you yeah. eat whatever you want because yeah. it's not going to put a dent into right. your progress right but day to day so you will you will do a pizza randomly uh let's say on a fight I, night i no. haven't had pizza in a long time but but i will pivot to you know more more of a meat cheeseburger yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and but, the almonds and cheese sticks for lunch that's yeah, it that's it and it's very filling Gets me all the way through the rest of the day. And you're drinking water, water, water the whole way. Yep, I eliminated uh, booze and coffee over the pandemic. Um, the booze was easy. Mm-hmm. The coffee, coffee, you know, struggled. Oh. You struggled for like two weeks, but now, like, I I have no desire to drink it again. See, I'm no booze, no coffee. I'm I already have a leg up on this. Yeah, race. you do, and you intermittent fast. You invented and I, it. I invented it by mistake. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I just hate breakfast. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my daughter's not a breakfast person. Yeah. I, I have to eat within 10 minutes of waking up. Really? Yeah. That's yeah, I'm good till 1, 2 o'clock. I'm all right. I don't have to do it. I do do it, but I don't have to. I think because my diet is so lean, every time you know a, a meal time comes around, like I am really hungry. Like right. I, I want to eat. My body wants to eat. Um, and that, you know, that starts off first thing in the morning as soon as I wake up. And you're lifting how many days a week? Every day. Every day. Yep. No nagging injuries, no tendonitis, nothing. Nope. Lucky bastard. Yeah. I, but, uh, you know, I, I focus on what I'm doing. I plenty of time stretching before I start working out. Um, I don't, I work out by myself so I don't overly push myself because I can't, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Hmm. So maybe, like, I, I tell him this <laughs> stuff all the time. And then he finally hears it from someone else. And yeah. Maybe it'll click. Yeah, oh, yeah. You it clicked are, for a minute two <laughs> years ago. I dropped thirty-five two years ago, but it's all back. Yeah, it's all back. And you, you have moments where you're gonna you, you're back yeah. on, and then you're back off. Yeah. How many times have you heard somebody say, "I just need to get back in the gym"? Like that's they say that all the time when they see me. And I'm like, I know, I know how that feels because I was that guy too. Yeah. I just started to go. Yeah, you know, it never yeah. stops. Yeah. I go to the gym. The problem is the food, though. I, I've been so bad lately. Yeah. So bad lately. Yeah, I took a peek in your pantry. And I was like, no, I can't That's go. Great. I can't, can't, can't go. Yeah, it's I terrible. Can't go. It's terrible. <laughs> I think it, it goes along with uh, a change of mentality, too. I mean, I look at food as fuel. And when I go out to eat, it's a treat. And that's when I enjoy it. Right. Um, you know, but for the most part, like I'm just fueling the machine. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm I mean, feeling the machine, but it's, uh, you know, it's on the sale rack, so, my machine. And, and that's, that's, that's really like he's, he, what he's doing is almost like a almost pescatarian. Almost, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. With other than the, the dairy. Um, so he's not only eating for aesthetics, he's eating for longevity. Mm-hmm. He's got a really good diet that's going to keep him smart and articulate and all that as well as looking and feeling great and thriving while his daughter is becoming a doctor and getting married (laughs) and all that so it's important now more than ever to get Shit I'm headed to be a fat bastard with no memory. <laughs> 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 I 
<laughs> that's the that's the highway I'm on. <laughs> yeah, and I can't yeah. allow it. I can't yeah. sit here in the the co-pilot seat and let that happen. Yeah. In 20 years, I'll be talking to you. I'll be like, I had lunch with Babe Ruth yesterday. I'm like, oh god, he's gone. He's fucking gone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was talking to Michael Jackson. Um, he's gonna do another Thriller album. Thriller Two's coming. He told me. And and you yeah. have you have the the genetics, but you also, if you look at your father, yeah, he was a skinny bastard back in the seventies. He was. He had it going look on. Look at him now. Yeah, he had it going on. I love you, Tony. I'm yeah, it's okay. Don't worry. He doesn't see one episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is an episode. I think one forty hasn't seen any of them. Even when he was on, uh, he probably watched that one. Yeah. Well, actually, that wasn't on video yet, but yeah. So he had, he had no nothing. Okay. Yeah. Actually, he did watch uh, Saget. Oh, okay, good. Watch Saget. Yeah. Right. He watches every once in a while. But right. Yeah. Right. For the most part. That's no. another topic. Yeah. It's okay. What are you going to do? I'm not your therapist. Yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> oh, my God. That's good shit. And so, uh, so work-wise right now, so the mint's gone, so... The mint still exists. Oh, I'm, it's still I'm there. Just, I'm just not there. You're anymore. just not there. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, so I've I've... As I pivoted with my health, I also pivoted in careers, and I've gotten into the cannabis space with a, a good friend of mine, Shane Terry, and his girlfriend, Dana Hodges. They have a company called Taproot Brands, where they do manufacturing, they do concentrates. They have their own in-house brand called Roots. But um, when he brought me on was to, to help collaborate with a... Uh, a global icon, and we'll be launching his really? uh, his brand here in, in the state of Nevada in the next couple of days. And I'm going to let him make that official announcement, okay. but I can tell you that it's going to make a lot of noise in a couple really? of different industries. Yeah. Like we definitely would know the name. 100%. 100%. I mean, anybody on the globe. Would is know. there any hint we can have just for fun or no? Is it uh, music? Is he music related? He is definitely music related. Oh, my God. Okay. Is he black? He is definitely black. Uh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is his name the opposite of cat? (laughs) (laughs) It's it's set to officially launch in the next couple days. You you won't be able to miss it. And and the really fun thing in working with him and his team is that unlike a a lot of like uh, celebrity driven endorsement products, like he's 100% behind it. The things that he's going to do in the industry in different cities to, to push that is pretty amazing. That's cool. Yeah. And do you, are you, uh, do you smoke or do you, do. Uh, yeah. you do? Yeah. I prefer yeah. cannabis over alcohol any day. Yeah. Always yeah. have. I mean, ever since college. And do you use CBD and stuff like that for anything or? I don't, no. um, not for any other reason that I don't have a reason to, right. to use it. Yeah, you're in perfect <laughs> shape. Nothing's, <laughs> nothing's fucked up. I got it. All right. Yeah. It's all good. Yeah. I need it on the fucking arm, the shoulder, the knee, the right ankles flaring up right now. Yeah. So they're going to be good. stores like, like walk-up stores here in, in Vegas? We won't do standalone stores. No. Um, Taproots actually has six dispensary licenses, but they're all in rural Nevada. So in the city of Las Vegas, we're in about, um, I think, probably close to 30 dispensaries already. Oh, your brand mm-hmm. will be in there. Got yeah. it. Got it. Yeah. Very okay. We do a lot of work with Planet 13 and New Woo. And, okay. Yeah. New Planet really- 13. I, w- I went into Planet 13 just to like check it out. It's like the Apple Store, but weed. It's unbelievable it's, it's in there. Crazy. It's crazy. Put together, yeah. That little blimp flying around, and <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. have you been in there? No. Oh, dude, you got to go in there. It's, yeah. it's it's pretty wild. Like, yeah. It's massive. What's the other store you just mentioned? New Woo. Where's that? That's on the north side of town. It's the Indian Reservation. Oh. And so um, they have actually consumption on property, which is unique to anywhere oh, in, wow. in the state, um, which is pretty awesome. I mean, they the consumption lounge act just got passed so next year you'll see a, a lot of consumption lounges popping up but mm. they've had one for because what's years. the rule right now like lounge. so like right now you can go to planet 13 and get stuff that's legal but you can't you can't smoke uh like on the street in vegas true correct yeah and can you even smoke like in the hotel room or you're Absolutely not supposed to not. right you're not supposed to no nope um, the hotels, a lot of the hotels are backed by federally backed loans. So because it's still federally illegal, that's a huge no-no. Um, and that prevents a lot of the growth of, of that industry because of it. But little by little, we're making progress. You know, 
It's crazy that it's still illegal federal. It's just crazy. There's people right now in jail for who knows how many years. No doubt about it. For selling. For selling. Yeah, it's really yeah. sad. Like, I wonder if they'll ever get out. Like, if they'll ever. I'm sure. I'm sure the day will come. Have to, right? Yeah. yeah. That's got to be maddening for them. Yeah. It's funny. I mean, I, I parallel a lot of my own journey between, you know, heyday of nightlife when I was completely out of shape and just looked like I was on death's doorstep but probably making the most money I ever did in my, my life yep. to today where I am a cannabis user. I don't consume alcohol. And so people that think, you know, you use cannabis and it makes you lazy and things like that, I'm like, look at me. Like, do, right. I, do I look like I'm lazy? Like, right. I'm up at 5 a.m. every day. You know, I do my thing. At night, I might take, uh, you know, an edible CB, CBN gummy and go to sleep, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's great. It works great for me. Do you do the edibles at night before going to bed? Mm, not really. You, uh, now, you used to smoke, but you really don't I, anymore. I you smoke. still do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not like you did. Um, when were you talking about? Uh, like back in the day. No, no. You were like an everydayer. I'm, I'm a couple of days a week okay. kind of guy. Yeah. I usually like a little bit at night. A little something, something. After, you know, take the day off. Right. You know? <laughs> Helps you sleep. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to hook up with Todd later. Get some of the good stuff. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I've got some of that experimental stuff that we've been working on. This <laughs> hasn't hit the market yet. It's great. I, was, I wasn't asking out of curiosity. I was like, where's the store at? Right. Give me a hookup. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, man, thank you so much for doing this. This was fun to just sit and shoot the shit and catch up with you. Yeah, and, uh, awesome. I really want the 420 to go up to 1 billion and somehow you get all of it. You and I both. Can this happen? I Fingers crossed. All right. We need to monitor this story very closely. <laughs> all right. <laughs> all right, gang. Uh, any closing parting words you want? No. I think no? I did it. Go, go Knights Go. How about go that? Knights Go. Yeah. All right. Is that official prediction? Knights win it all? Absolutely. All right, good, because when they win it all, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull this clip. Bring it on. All right. I like it. All right, gang. <laughs> Travis, we're done. We're done talking, Travis. It's over.